0: Financial expert Dave Ramsey says debt is not a tool. It is a method to make banks wealthy, not you. The borrower truly is
1: slave to the lender. Julia, what do you think? I almost passed away. What? From someone who has built a $3 million real estate portfolio solely off of leveraging debt. I'm going to have to unsubscribe to Mr. Ramsey. (laughs) uh, I know that's right. Unpopular opinion. Grind culture is trash.
0: Ooh, period. I'm Mickey. I'm Julia. And we're strategic hippies. We're not
1: regular landlords. We're cool ones.
0: We're fellow freedom seekers helping business-minded creatives and free spirits build wealth through real estate.
1: Welcome to the Strategic Hippie Show. Right. and I'm definitely,
0: <laughs> I'm ready to get into it because reading that, the very old school part of me is like, he right.
1: <laughs> yes, no, there, uh, there's definitely like a little, like it's a little triggering in a way, right? Because it seems like the norm, the right thing. Um, but also the right way in the normal and average life is just not for me so i've been able to find opportunities in different philosophies that aligned with my personal goals and this just was not it (laughs) (laughs) yes yes so
0: let's like just get into it so he says that it's a method to make banks wealthy and the borrower is slave to the lender. How did you subvert that to
1: make money with that? So I first just wanna say that investing and wealth building and real estate comes down to two main pillars. And these are the foundation. And one of them is your mindset and the other one is education. And you need both and talking about mindset you know our relationship with money and our patterns and behaviors and fears insecurities attachment all of these things to money come down to generation ger- generational patterns generational traumas, um, all of the outside influences that we've had as children and growing up and evolving and having some kind of attachment to money, just sometimes as simple as, you know, using money as a tool to feel differently, right? So like, that's an easy one that a lot of people can relate to, like, I'm stressed out about the kids, I'm just going to go out to the mall, or, you know, using things that cost money as like you know, a solution, food, clothes, uh, luxury items, all of these things, we try to feel differently by the having of them. And we've talked about on previous episodes how whenever it is that we want something, it's not really the thing that we want. It's the feeling that we think having that thing will bring. So I think an important part of this journey is is really kind of honing in on our relationship with money and being honest and vulnerable and understanding that money is abundant and, you know, just kind of having the right foundation to then be able to focus on the education part, right? And that's where we learn to analyze deals, learn to build wealth through real estate and use to then learn to be strategic, and using debt and using other forms of leverage to be able to achieve these things. When a lot of times, let's be real, we're not starting with a lot of money. So how could we possibly build wealth if we don't have money to start? So that's, that's the first thing I wanna say in terms of like, let's reverse engineer this a little bit and get to the root and then explore it. <laughs> you are my favorite reverse engineer. <laughs> Yeah this is like me it's always been my favorite word and that's the thing that got me into real estate right like i had a goal so i reverse engineered it and like i over time you know and this was the foundation became like a little bit nerdy with my money and i had a spreadsheet and you know this is going to be A big part of one of the main tips of leveraging debt is having an understanding of your personal financial situation. What are your personal operating expenses and income and getting a holistic view of that and how you can get that to peak performance and be able to leverage that.
0: Yes. Um this is so good. I'm like so here for this conversation. Before we get into the tips, I want to go back to what you shared about using money to feel good because I am doing so much work and clearing around just that. Like I think for me to be able to You know, compartmentalize and see myself versus see my business versus see my family versus see how I spend and give money. All the things about money is like um, that emotional part that technically has nothing to do with the businesses we are creating. At the same time, you could get stuck in a loop of, well, what do I want? Money for if not to feel good. So I think it's just such a nuanced space to knowing how to leverage money and like spin it on its head for how you think you want it versus what it actually is and how you can use it to get to things and not get to the things. But like you said, having the actual feeling, like, you know, like identifying that feeling. So if that feeling is, oh, I had a really rough day at work. I just want to, like you, like you said, go to the mall and um, spend a little money to feel better. That's technically not going to help your situation of leaving the job. It's just like trading those short-term pleasures for long-term. And I'm, I'm really working on that.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's a journey, right? We all are. And just for some context, I do want to, you know, share a little bit of what this journey has looked like and how, you know, the show is called The Strategic Hippie Show. And, you know, the most important word is strategic. And being able to leverage debt and leverage like other people's money has been the single tool for me to accelerate and grow wealth on this journey. And what that has looked like is, you know, I've taken and this is like total like if Dan Ramsey heard this, he would like lose it, right? But like taking a cash advance out from a credit card and then having a plan for it, right? This is an important part of using debt, having a plan for that capital, putting enough aside where my monthly payments would be covered of of the money that I pulled out and then investing that capital. And a lot of times I can do this with like a 0% promo. And I, need, I know I need 12 months to, before this thing starts making interest. So I have 12 months to use this capital to turn around and be able to pay it off and, and do something else. So, you know, I have been able to build a $3 million real estate portfolio. It took seven years to do that. And it took credit cards and other people's money and business credit and creative financing. And I will tell you, like, Creative financing is, you know, the sole reason why I'm at the position I am today. But, you know, it goes back to the foundation and one having the right relationship with money. And, you know, we're going to dig into this a little bit, but you were the you use the word compartmentalize. And it's just such an important part of this because, you know, one thing that I never ever did is use other people's money, and I'm just going to throw that as the broad term other people's money, including loans, credit cards, whatever, it's not mine for personal expenses ever. And that is the key because this is a business move. I am building wealth through real estate in a, in a, and, and, I'm creating businesses, right? Ultimately, like real estate investing is business ownership. And a lot of people kind of mix that up. It's like, oh, I'm an investor. Yeah, but you're also a business owner. There's a lot of moving parts in being a real estate investor. And you know, that's kind of why me and you have aligned in such a beautiful way, is because you know, we want, we invest in real estate for freedom right financial freedom time freedom location freedom but how can you achieve these levels of freedom through business ownerships
0: right mm-hmm. it's
1: outsourcing it's building systems it's having like these things in place that we get to utilize throughout the journey already established so that way our job is passive amen yes all all all
0: all of that <laughs> I have just been reflecting and I've been in so much gratitude because we're talking about business credit. But before we even talk about business credit, a lot of us first think about personal credit. And we can know and learn a lot of strategies about credit. Um, There are ways you can know how certain actions will impact your score, or even with business credit, there are so many strategies and it's a part of what you talked about in the education piece. And I think um, bringing it back to separating the real from the emotions is a lot of stress around credit can come from actually not having money. So when I've been working with clients or family members and trying to help them improve their credit through the tips that I've learned throughout, you know, being a real estate investor, that's always the unspoken thing is I didn't have the money, so I didn't pay the bill.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll say like a lot of the times it's because we're not paying attention. Right. It's like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. Right. I got my I got bills coming out, money coming in. I don't really to look at it, you know, and I watched that show on Netflix, like how to get rich where this guy's, uh, analyzing people's financial situations. And so many of them were like, no, I I don't know. My money comes in and it goes out like they, they don't pay attention. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yes, that's so real. And I have, while I genuinely separate my business finances from my personal finances, I think my emotional mindset definitely be co-mingling. <laughs> they having an affair. <laughs> Yo,
1: they,
0: they be sneaky, Lincoln. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, we co-mingling. <laughs> and they really do. <laughs> and that's why, you know, it's so important to, to separate these things and to one, have a like honest view of your personal financial situations. And sometimes... Sometimes there's easy solutions, right? Sometimes, you know, you sometimes it's just spending habits and that's an easy change to your cash flow. Right. But sometimes it's more complicated and it's high interest consumer debt. So maybe there's solutions like opening a zero percent interest credit card, doing a balance transfer, consolidation. Sometimes it's just as simple as like, well, there's nothing I can do. I need to make more money like that's real too like sometimes like your your lifestyle unless you're willing to change your lifestyle like you just need more money and mm-hmm. that's a whole part of this picture is having like that ho- honest holistic view of your personal financial situation before exploring a business financial situation
0: yes yes and i think just having that honesty and not skipping steps about it because while I'm like, oh, I'm doing a good job. The They're separate. Like my business, and my personal are separate. Having those habits and being more intentional with them now is definitely making a difference in how I can even approach managing the debt I have and making more money to take on that debt, <laughs> you know, and Absolutely. I can have some solace in my debt isn't the high consumer credit card debt. Like I didn't go out and buy bags and shoes and stuff like that. It's going into the properties that I know are going to bring me money and they're going to have a long-term impact for me Mm -hmm. to be able to pull equity out. So Mm -hmm. I definitely, Um, I know a practice that I want to do from this conversation that we've talked about is get my annual property operating data sheet together.
1: (laughs) Yes. No, and I want to rewind because you talk about, about real estate and long term investment. Like we know that real estate investing is not generally a get rich quick scheme. It's just not. This is a get rich guaranteed system keyword over time like we are building we are building generational wealth we are building cash flow and equity and these things realistically like unless you are like flipping houses at a high scale which like to me since i've done that like doesn't provide the freedom that i seek like it's it's all about long term and being comfortable with that Like, this is short-term sacrifices for long-term gains. I'm working today for a future self that's going to experience a whole different lifestyle that potentially no one in my family has ever been able to access. Amen. Amen.
0: I love that. And I love the journey we are on and how you said, you know, that flipping isn't the lifestyle you want. You don't have to sacrifice your now to get there, you know, like there are strategies and there are ways you can get to still having that long-term, um, benefits of having real estate without absolutely depleting yourself and being unhappy now. Like not that we're not sacrificing for the long-term, but we don't got to go crazy. (laughs) Mm no
1: it it didn't gotta be like
0: that <laughs> no, at all at all definitely um the long-term play of everything and I think that is so so important because like it just all comes back to just the general mindset I'm establishing for my life in understanding emotions as temporary. So if I can release that emotion that makes me wanna like order DoorDash or like, you know, whatever it is (laughs) that I'm gonna put some money towards that I could be putting into the actual um, like expenses I have of buying supplies for repairs and things like that, you know, it's definitely... Being honest about where I'm at with my emotions, and then how I can use the tools I have within the Better Than Success community with friends like you, so that I can just be honest and transparent about it, versus like stuffing it down, like this doesn't exist, like this is fine. (laughs) I'm in a burning room.
1: Yes, and that's like the beautiful thing. Like we talk a lot about community, but being in a space with other people who are on this journey of wealth building who, you know, who may not all come from like the same exact backgrounds, but we all have the same vision for what our what we want our life to look like and how we're leveraging real estate investing to access that. And, you know, every time we experience a problem whether it's internal or external, we're not unique in that and there are solutions that are right at our fingertips. And I can tell you from my personal experience being an active real estate investor in Philly for seven years, every single problem that I encountered and like there was a lot, right? Like the solution came from my community. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't unheard. Like no matter what it is, every project has its own set of unique problems and, you know, stories that come with it but you know in philly or any row home city a row home is a row home is a row home right so like anytime i encounter a problem it feels like devastating and no oh my god i'm so alone i can't believe this happened to me but like the reality (laughs) is that if i reach out the likelihood of someone else having experience in this and being or connecting me with someone else who has experience with it is just like invaluable
0: Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. And it's going to take you some time and switch it around of who that inner circle even looks like. Because when I reflect on like anxieties I've had, I'll say if some of it came from attempts of vulnerability and being met with strong opinions or shoulda, woulda, couldas. And it's like, now I can be like, well, thank you. That's not Helpful. I was actually looking for solutions. thank um, you.
1: Next, <laughs> thank you. Next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. much. Like, oh, what you should have did. Well, I can take that for later. But in the middle
1: of this problem, I'm like, I don't know, trying to figure that out. <laughs> no, that's like, like the number one rule of problem solving. Like, let's not reflect on what we should have done. Let's get right to what we can do right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Um, For all of the people who maybe have subscribed to Dave Ramsey in the past or are a little bit more of this traditional conservative background, and they're like, oh, my God, debt! I can't believe that we're talking about this right now, that you're using debt," And, you know, maybe there's like a thought of like, well, if you used it and it worked, maybe there's you know, maybe it's an opportunity for me to incorporate this into my wealth building journey. So let's give some tangible tips for people to be able to leverage debt and not be in a state of survival. Yes, (laughs) yes. So (laughs) I would say, you know, the very first one is just simply reframing debt as a tool right? Like the quote you started with literally says, debt is, not, is a tool that banks use. It is not for you. Eh, wrong. Debt is a tool. Debt is then, the devil. <laughs> it's, that, it's what it is. It's a tool, right? And it's like, we talked about building the foundation and, and we use the word compartmentalize, but like having a strategy in place. But number one rule, number one tip is just reframe our relationship with debt yes. and, and call it a tool let's just start with that. Debt
0: is not the devil. Debt is a tool.
1: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And then that kind of segues into tip number two is having a, like, I like using the word like holistic, having a an understanding of your personal financial situation and compartmentalizing and having and and separating that from your business right like using debt for wealth creation and for real estate investing businesses yes mickey mansions
0: is not my kia that's just <laughs> that's just math
1: <laughs> yes yes is doing this you know Julie don't got no money Brooke has has money or like however is is at the on on any given day right (laughs) yes yes exactly so tip number three would be having a strategic plan right so if you're using debt What exactly are you using it for? And what is your plan with it? Where are those dollars going? How are you going to pay any reoccurring monthly payments that are required to access this debt? And having a plan, a strategic plan to use this debt. Yes. Yes. How do you do that? What does that look like? Which would segue into tip number four. So, what are th- what are some things that you might use, Mickey, to you know and in- implement the strategic plan utilizing debt?
0: Well, because I am so tech savvy, I have a nice Word document <laughs> of all of my business accounts. All of I have it segmented from. My personal, my business, my insurance, all the different components of my business so that I can go in and I know what dates the what dates the payments are due, how much interest is, what is my plan of action to repay the debt. Um, so a thing, and this is just being incredibly vulnerable, um, I did not take the glorious path of, um, non-owner occupied investing. I am a house hacker. So things like, (laughs) yeah, she a trip though, because I, as much as I plan and it's like, okay, the income will pay the debt back for the repairs I just did. When you have hiccups in, um, tenant occupancy, they can really throw off your plan. So for me, where I'm at is um, not letting that affect the fact that the plan still has to work. Like, (laughs) just because you have a setback doesn't mean the plan goes out the window. It's like, okay, we're in a slight lull in the plan, but the plan is still the plan.
1: Absolutely. So I too am like, you know, need to have very simple resources that I've created, like a spreadsheet, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. I'll reference two spreadsheets that I use regularly. One of them is my business credit, right? Because I do use business credit to fund my real estate deals. So I have a spreadsheet of every single uh, creditor that I have and I sort it by the interest rate and the I can resort it by the balance. Um, a lot of them are 0% APR in the beginning, so I use those right away, put them in a project, ideally refinance and pay it off either before the interest starts or soon after, so that the cost of accessing that money is still low. Um, and then my favorite spreadsheet is just like my overview. It's got a few tabs. The first tab is my, my summary of like a list of my properties, a list of the income, the expenses, um, and I'm pulling data from the other ones. And I have a debt, I have a, a debt tab, which is the mortgages. I have an insurance tab. Um, I include property maintenance and reserves and, you know, having the system and referencing that and you and using that regularly. So just to like bring it all back, like step four is using tools, right? Mm -hmm. So step three is having a strategic plan, but how do you stick to it? Right. A lot of people will say, Oh, I can make a plan. I write it down in a notebook, but now I got 50 notebooks full of ideas and plans and I don't reopen them I soon like right after I've done writing okay well this is this is how you get to that next level you- Julia how do you typically spend your Saturdays I think of Saturdays as the day to recharge. So I am embracing my creativity, doing something playful, joyful, grounding. Um, I, I spend this time recharging so I can better show up during the week to that strategic business side of things. How do you spend your Saturdays? Well, I actually
0: love Saturdays. I mean, who doesn't? An ideal Saturday for me, mm. I'm definitely going to be at hot yoga, maybe happy hour, going to
1: a concert, just like you said, just restoring. Yeah, Saturdays are just so sacred. So that is why I wanted to share about our monthly meetup, Strategic Hippie Saturdays. This space is for creative entrepreneurs to explore mindfulness and personal development and how we lead our businesses.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They are just such a vibe. And obviously, we're biased. I lead a meditation, and we do a reflective reading and
1: discussion. It's just a whole experience. Yes. And our last Strategic Hippie Saturday, we read a chapter from The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. And it was just so insightful. And it was just so, like, rejuvenating, I'll use another R word, <laughs> to be around like-minded, creative entrepreneurs and real estate investors to you know, really embody the spiritual part of the wealth building journey.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Being in community is just such a beautiful and enlightening experience. And we want you all to join us. Make sure you check out the link tree in our description to join our next Strategic Hippie Saturday. Yes.
1: See you there. Mm-hmm. You utilize technology. You yes. Utilize tools. <laughs> yes. Yes. And
0: I, my big stuff lives in my Word doc, just because that's been my life. But my new boo is Notion. Oh my gosh, I am always yes, I'm always in that thing. I have a property management page that I started um, just by by different properties the different documents I have for each of them. So um, like my rental license, my um, LED certificates, like all that stuff that I want to be able to access easily can just live on this beautiful, organized cloud service.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And you mentioned earlier, I think the acronym was APOD, A-P-O-D.
0: Can you touch on that a little bit? Yes. So it is not the astronomy picture of the day. It is the... (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) That's what I would like it to be. Next episode. (laughs) (laughs) It is the annual property operating data sheet. And I actually, it's so funny because I, to find this, I'm like, I know what I need to do. I just have to go back and do it. Like, um, there is a, uh, financial formula course through BTS that I took years ago. And it's like, um, now that my mindset is in the space to meet the information I've had is just so beautiful. And there's just so much grace in, um, admitting I don't have it together. Like you can't have every part of every phase together. Like I like the creative part. I like writing. I like the media, you know, Um, as far as dealing with the properties, I'm more interested in having good relationships with my tenants, making sure that I'm actually handling repairs and things like that. So sometimes having to sit down and do my strategic side, I'm just like, I'm not doing enough of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. like I'm not strategic enough. There's more to do, but um, it's very humbling. So this annual property operating data sheet is my next plan of attack so that I can like, in a way, not, I guess it is like versus um, like spending money or doing some type of unsavory habit. I can use the the facts about my property and feel better. Like in 10 years, I'll be in the green. So, you know, just keeping that long-term mindset is um, just so important. And it's um, a daily reminder.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. No. And in, in our webinar we talk about the three pillars of financial freedom and and wealth building and it's uh, mindset skill set network and today we're really focusing on the skill set right the education piece and the mindset and those two things are really the most important part in this conversation right and like they go hand in hand and you can't skip one and focus on the other right and like they go hand in hand and you can't skip one and focus on the other. And that's why, you know, unlearning things and reframing our relationship with money, but also now what does that education piece look like? And it's learning how to analyze a deal, learning how to use these resources, these spreadsheets that we're creating and becoming masters at that. Right. Because, um, we talked earlier like offline about how like we're creative entrepreneurs, right? So like our creative side is not necessarily like our our natural state is not like mathematician, strategic, uh, Wall Street investor, you know, so we have to create these systems because... Let's be real, like real estate investing is for everyone. And there's ways to like utilize being strategic and having access to this long term mass amount of wealth that is waiting.
0: Capitalism got you down. Aww. Take control of your life and finances by gaining financial freedom through real estate. If you're over grind culture and resonate with the energy of this show, let's dive deeper on creating a life you don't have to escape from. Click the link in the description box to join our next free Financial Freedom for Strategic Hippies webinar. Absolutely, absolutely. And the goal is to live a long and prosperous life. You want to have the ability to do that. And I think for me, especially... um, our capacities and um, physical physical and mental facilities to work are going to alter. It's just a fact of life. And to be quite honest, I don't want to work. <laughs> I don't want to work into old age. So mm-hmm. if this is what I have to figure out, um, then I'm going to be able to do that. And um, even when I think about the, my intentions in building real estate beyond my retirement planning of passing something down to like children. If I have one day, I have to pass down the mindset too. like Mm -hmm. the property without the mindset. That's not, that's only a,
1: only a part of a part of what you are imparting, so we see it all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. we're watching like people inherit properties and lose it because they don't pay property tax or they just don't want it. Yep, <laughs> they don't yep. see it as an opportunity as a tool, as a you know op- opportunity to create wealth in their life. It's just like, oh, I have this piece of real estate that mom dad left me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I know. And it's like um it's
0: that's the thing about legacy is it is emotional and I I battle this all the time cuz like I'm really working on not being so black and white when I think about the duality of things, love and all the family and stuff. That it is not logical. Like love is not logical. <laughs> like that's just it's not like to the types of sacrifices you make for the sake of love, come on now, that doesn't technically make sense, so it's up to us to create lives that make sense for us based on what is logical and what is vibes like i'm that sounds so corny to live a logical life, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely, no. So just I'm to, like, leave with love. Absolutely, that's why we're here. Yeah, and grand full circle. I hope that anyone listening maybe has a little bit different of a perspective on debt and leveraging, and you know compartmentalizing personal and business finances and you know if they want to if any anyone listening wants to learn more like what would what would be their next stop mickey they need to definitely
0: click the link in our description to join our strategic hippies
1: webinar yes and um you know we talked about community and how you know that's just an important part of you know, being strategic too. And like we're leveraging debt, but we're also leveraging assets like people and resources. Um And for us, BTS has been that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are products of BTS, and that's why we're here. And I uh, hope to just spread the the good word. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And um we do want you
0: to watch the webinar because we made it and we put a lot of value into it. But also if you're thinking about joining BTS, we have a special lit opportunity for you to save a little bit of money on your membership, just saying.
1: Absolutely <laughs> really shameless plug. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love these conversations that we have. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful to share the space with you.
0: Yes, you as well. This was definitely needed. We went. This is our longest episode, I think. So I'm very yes. grateful for you. Thank you, girlfriend. You calm my financial fears with facts. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. Opposite of fear is love. But yes. Thank you.
0: We are so grateful to be of service through the Better Than Success real estate investing community. If you're ready to explore freedom on your own terms, too, we would love to journey with you on this wealth building adventure. Check out the description box to join our next Financial Freedom for Strategic Hippies webinar and learn more about Julia, me, Mickey, and BTS. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and share this video and subscribe to our channel. Peace. We'll see you soon.